0: And this is Dan. Together we pastor Hope Culture Church in Elgin, Illinois. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, good morning, church. Are you excited to be here this morning? I said, are you excited to be here this morning? It is an honor to be with you all. I have been uh, praying about this and just excited to bring a word for you today. And I'll just say this, if you're a guest um, with us today, and you're like, man, the one Sunday I come, and as a guest speaker, come back next Sunday. They're, he's, they're way better communicators than I'll ever be, but um, I do want to honor your pastors. They are some of the best of the best. We, um, I got to meet them years ago in their uh, their journey to start Hope Culture, and I heard the vision behind it. We were a part of it. We were get to. We've been praying for you guys and. So when I was in the Chicago Land area, I, I said, "I got to come on a study. I got to check out what you guys are doing because we've been we've been a behind the scenes for a while, and I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of what the Lord's done through them. Y'all don't know the 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 burden it is. The joy it's a lot of joy, but it's a lot of burden to to start a church um, and obey God. And so, can you do me a favor and just show some honor to your pastors? Aren't they the best? Don't you love them? And I'm, I'm excited about what the Lord's doing in the church. I'm excited about what the Lord's going to do in your life. Today's a special day as you start prayer and fasting. I believe that the Lord's going to do something big, and maybe maybe you've never fasted before. And and Pastor Dan gave a great message last week on fasting. You need to check it out. You need to learn what it means to fast. Um, I'm, I'm I'm excited. I, I told him this morning we we did the same thing a week ago. So our prayer and fasting ended last night. So it was 11 o'clock Central Standard Time, which was 12 o'clock. Eastern time we were at Luminati's eating pizza to God be the glory because come on we we, we did it Like when you don't have any food for seven days and then you go in and eat deep dish Chicago style pizza it's probably not the wisest choice but it was worth it come on So we had a fun time with it, and uh, I'm I'm really, uh, I'm pumped for you guys. Miracles happen when God's people pray and God's people fast, and uh, in my time of prayer and fasting, I'll just say this, that the Lord put this church on my heart, so we're going to take a moment, just, we're going to pray as we get into God's Word. But um, the Lord also challenged me to, uh, to invest in what God's doing here. So I just want to say to the pastors, we love you guys. We bless y'all. And I have a check from Radiant Church in Tampa. And um, I want to bless you guys. And I just want to say um, God is with y'all and for y'all. And so can y'all give it up for your pastors one more time. And we just want to say we're behind y'all. And we're on your team. You're, we're in your corner. And so um, I want to just always be obedient to the Lord and always want to be behind it. I've, I feel like this is like, you know, I wish I would have been on the ground floor of Google. You know what I mean? Or Facebook. You know, if I would have bought in at early days. So you're in the early days of something great God's going to do. So stay with it. Um, I'll tell you, my, my family, I got a little um, picture of my family. This is the Burke crew. That's us right there. Five kids. I mean, a lot of them. So um, I, I don't really care for kids, but I love my wife. Come on, somebody. So. Um, My my oldest uh, was born in July of 2012. 25 months later, my second girl was born in August. 25 months later, my uh, third was born, who's our boy. He needs Jesus. Pray for him. In September, 25 months later, our fourth was born in October. And you'll never believe this. But 25 months later, almost to the day, our fifth was born in November. Your boy's a planner, somebody. Come on. So that's the Burt crew right there. i tell you a funny story. Okay, I, I just want to break the ice tell you a funny story real quick. Um, I took them on a road trip to go back home to see where I was raised. I, I you ever do that you know what I'm talking about where you kind of go back you want to see your house you want to see where it is kids don't care anything about it and so I went there to show them the house and the house looked way smaller than it than it did and and the 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 school I went to was all torn down so it was like a disappointing experience taking them back to Louisiana where I'm from so I went online to show them some pictures because I wanted them to know what life was like in the 80s so I've got any 80s kids like in here so a few of you guys yeah I see y'all so uh um, so we were, uh, I wanted to show them what 80s was like. So I tried to describe it. Now it's hard to describe the 80s to little kids. So I had to like use practical things. So they're all, you know, we have water bottles that they drink out of it. I said, hey, see those water bottles? That's not how we drank in the 80s. You want to know how we drank in the 80s? We drank in the 80s like this. Come on, how many remember that's how we drank in the 80s? <laughs> like that was our life, wasn't it? We, we had this Chick-fil-A that we go to that's like unbelievable playground. Like it's just amazing. They have a good time with it and they love it. I said, I said you know that playground that's not the playground we grew up on we, we had we had a playground at McDonald's and it looked like this how many remember that playground right there like you had to have a tetanus shot before you got into that playground the the playgrounds in our community are um they're they're like a pirate ship theme you know we're in Tampa it's all like pirate ship it's beautiful and and uh during that so I said you know those playgrounds are all like beautiful you can't ever get hurt on them I said, so that was in the playgrounds in the 80s. And the playgrounds in the 80s, we had a swing and we had this death trap right here. How many remember this death trap right here? Like, if you didn't die climbing up those 15 steps, how many remember your legs burning the entire way down that thing? That was just, that was life. We have a third row vehicle um, that we drive in. I said, hey, kids, you know, you're in the third row. I said, we had a third row growing up also. Um, It was just a different third row. How many remember this third row right here? Come on, y'all remember that third row right there? Who designed this thing? Like, I'm trying to figure out what what person designed and engineered the vehicle with the most important, vulnerable kids that you could be rear-ended at any moment. You're all dead right there. So my kids were all worried. They were looking at me. They're like, Daddy... How did you live? How did you survive? It seems like y'all went through a lot. You know, like, how did you do it? I I told my kids, I had a moment with them, I looked at them, I said, kids, I said, the only way we lived is because of the grace of God and these right here. This is what got us through. Come on, somebody. How many kids say amen to that? Like, I remember down at five of those things a day right there. That's funny right there. Well, today I want to talk to you from God's Word. If you have your Bibles, I want to talk in uh, the book of Luke, chapter 11. And we're going to talk today in this series on prayer and fasting and get you ready for what God wants to do. I I think the most important thing you're ever going to learn in your life is how to pray. You know, there is no relationship without communication. And prayer is our communication with God. And so a lot of people are fans of God. In other words, they have a one-sided, you know, woo, I love God, I have a connection with Him once a week on a Sunday— But they don't know what's possible in the intimacy with God throughout the week. This next week could be the greatest setup for the next year of your life if you'll dive into this thing called prayer and fasting. So I want to present it to you today. Charles Spurgeon, the great revivalist, he said it this way. I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. It it was such an initiative to him to say, it's so important, the most valuable thing you're gonna learn in your life is how to pray. Now, you've all had that moment where you're like adamant. You hear a message like this on prayer and you're like, all set on it. You're like, I got it. And so you're all pumped to pray. And so you have this moment and you get before God and you get on your knees and you start praying and you're so pumped and you're like, I'm gonna pray everything, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna spend that hour with God. You got your candle lit, you got your Bible there, you've already Instagrammed it, it's awesome. And, And then you go to pray and you pray everything you know how to pray. You, you've been, uh, you know, celebrated God, you've worshiped him, you presented all your requests, and you're like, in Jesus' name, amen. And then you looked, and it's been 42 seconds. How many have done that? You know what I'm talking about? So, so we have these moments. We have to learn the art and the exercise of communing with God. Luke chapter 11 is one of the best out there on teaching us how to pray. If you know Luke chapter 11, it's where Jesus goes away and prays, and the disciples see him pray, and they said, teach us how to do that. Now, these were men who were raised in the Jewish culture and learned the art of prayer. But they never learned prayer like the way Jesus prayed. And when Jesus prayed, it was so attractional, so real. So it was at that moment that Jesus described to him what we call the Lord's Prayer. And if you've never gone through the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer is a beautiful breakdown of how to pray. Six different sections of how to pray. And so as you break down and you go into the Lord's Prayer, he teaches this on prayer. And then after the Lord's Prayer, he gives this weird, kind of bizarre story. And it's a story I want to talk to you about for a few minutes this morning. And the story starts in Luke chapter 11. We're going to pick up in verse 5. And it says like this, Then Jesus said to them, remember this is in the context of prayer. Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. Now, let me tell you, that's how we know this person's under 30. Because how many know you ain't going to do anybody at midnight after 30? We're, we're in bed right there. And he says, and he said, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And a friend of mine was on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. Now, let me just say, if you show up at my house at midnight, I'm going to quote this scripture to you right there because it's just, it's weird. Don't, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. Now, it's one thing to wake me up, but parents, how many know someone knocks and rings that doorbell at night and wakes up the kids? Those are fighting terms right there. Like, that's a big deal. And that's what this guy says. He says, he says, my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And he says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, and look at this phrase, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be open to you. Look at verse eight one more time. He says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, just for the fact that you were willing to ask big, that you will get what you need. Today I want to talk to you for a few minutes. If you take notes, I want you to write it down. If you don't take notes, write it down. you will four times more likely to remember if you write it down. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about praying big prayers. Praying big prayers. I think there's something about believing God for something big over this next year and I'm actually going to challenge you because at the end of this message in a few minutes you're going to take that connect card that's on your seat and maybe you filled one out before maybe you filled one out today being a first time guest but on the bottom of it it's a place for our prayer request at the end of this service we are going to take those cards and we're going to hold them up before God so I'm asking 100% cooperation today that everybody writes some kind of big need that they want from the Lord over this next week maybe it's a marriage restored. Maybe it's a child that's away from the faith to come back to. Maybe it's a job that you need. We all have something in our life that if you really lacked, if you you got the audacity, you would ask God for it. If you got over the previous disappointment, you would ask God for it and get some audacity. That's what our story is today. Our story is someone that walked in audacity. Here's what audacity is. It's a lack of sensitivity to what is proper, It's carelessness about the good opinion of others. Shamelessness. And here's the other phrase, ready? Boldness. When's the last time you can look in your life and you can see your life and you go, I prayed bold, big prayers before God. You go, well, Aaron, I prayed it before years ago and it didn't happen. I am challenge you as you walk into 2023, pray some giant prayers. I'm a firm believer that if you knew how big your God was, you would pray bigger prayers than you're praying right now. If you knew how great your God is and how much he loved you, you would present bigger requests to the Lord. If you knew what was possible on the other side of your shameless audacity, then you would pray something big before God. Because in our context of prayer, that's what he says. He says, get some boldness in your life. I wrote it down this way, that boldness precedes breakthrough. So when you get bold before God... It comes before a moment of breakthrough that God wants to bring in your life. And some of you, some of you that are online that are watching this, you need breakthrough in your life. You know the obstacle in front of you looks overwhelming. So how do we get it? We get some boldness. We become the person that is willing to go before God, even if we think we're in inconvenience, even if we think it's it's tough to go before God and get some boldness in Our prayer life. I had a moment of boldness just a a week or two ago. I went to a a lightning game. We have a hockey team called the Lightning in Tampa, and we are two-time Stanley Cup champions back-to-back, ladies and gentlemen. And so I I know it's tension with you guys up here, um, but we lost to y'all a few years ago, so it's okay. But I, I, I went to the game the other day. I took my daughter, my oldest daughter, Lily, and as we went there. Uh, she was her first hockey game. It was so much fun. It was a little date day with uh, date night for us. And so I said, we can go and get the, um, whatever food you want. And I ended up going to the lobby and paying for the most expensive nachos I've ever bought in my entire life. And so I was, I was there, and, and as I was getting the nachos, the lady gave us the little tray and had the little bowl of nachos, and the bowl was half-filled. Now, I don't know if you're that person. I'm I'm not that person. I'm not that, you know, what they call them online, Karens. You know what I mean? I'm not that Karen. I'm not the person that's going to be like, give me your manager. Come on, let's fill this thing up. But I was frustrated because I looked at my daughter and I could tell the disappointment. And then I also had a little bit of selfishness knowing that in every bit of food you buy your kids, there's also a dad tax. How many know what I'm talking about? And so there's some of this. And and I know if, if this thing's not full, I'm not getting any of these nachos. So I, I had to get some boldness in me. I had to get this moment where I, I finally looked at the lady behind the counter. I said, ma'am, I said, I don't wanna bother you. I feel bad, but is there any way we can please get some more chips? My daughter was so embarrassed that I asked. And I, I, she had this moment, she like looked at me and she looked around and the lady looked at her and said, of course, of course, nobody ever asked that, of course. She loaded up more chips than it ever would have been on there. I mean, it was like, it was like overflowing. And how many know I ate way more than I would have eaten before. Because the idea of it, my daughter looked at me and said, How did you get that done? I said, The only way to do it is you gotta ask. You gotta get it. And I think the difference with so many people's lives that walk in breakthrough is they were just willing to ask God for things that nobody else was willing to ask God for. And if you'll press in this year and you'll pray big prayers. Watch what'll happen when God blesses your life in a way that you never thought was possible. Mark Batterson gives a great quote. It's one of my favorite. He says it like this, bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or your boldest prayers. Look at this. He is offended by anything less. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, they're insulting to God. And I want to live that way. I want to live with a boldness to say, I'm going to believe God for something big. Maybe it's your healing. Maybe it's a miracle. Maybe it's a restoration. It's a promotion. It's a child. It's a parent. I don't know what it is, but we're going to go before the Lord today, and we're going to set this week up to be, this is a week we're going to pray big prayers. Many times in our life, our lack of prayer results in a lack of power. So if you feel that weakness, if you feel like I can just barely make it through, I can always point it back to the fact of if you stop praying, you've stopped experiencing power in your life. So you find your strength, you find your power where? In prayer. So in our story today, I'm just going to break it out in a couple of little points that I think are important to you. To pray big prayers. Let's look at it. He says in verse 5, Then Jesus said, Suppose of you, suppose, You have a friend. Now pause right there. Some of y'all are like, I wish I had a friend. (laughs) So that's funny right there. Suppose you had a friend. And you go to him at midnight. I think it's interesting he mentions midnight right here. What is midnight? Midnight's the darkest hour. It's the middle of the night. It's when things are most frustrating, things are most difficult. He says, you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Number one, if you're taking notes, write it down. When life is dark, here's what I do. I pray big prayers. If your life feels dark, if it feels like the midnight hour, if it feels like nothing's going well for you, my challenge for you is at that moment, when it's the midnight hour, don't run from God, run to God. Don't distant yourself from God. Get connected with God. It has to have, you have to have a moment where you say, oh God, in this moment, I need you more than ever before. And when this person was in their midnight hour, they were not, they they walked in audacity and boldness to say, at this time, I'm going to go to where I know there's an answer for my life. And where do you go when you're in the midnight hour? Some people go to their bed and just kind of crumble up and and, out there and they go, it's not falling apart. The relationship ended. I'm by myself. And the job's over. I don't know. You, you, we cower up. We sink into depression. We get worried. And all those things are so normal. My challenge is there's a better way. There's a better way. The exercise you need to do is when you're in the midnight hour, you have to run to God. But the way to do that is you've got to learn to release your pride. You release your pride. Here's what Proverbs says. Proverbs says pride brings a person low. It it brings them low. So it'll crumble your life. But a lowly in spirit, those who are willing to get low, those who are willing to humble themselves and say, God, I'm going to come before you, they are the ones that will gain honor. And you want to see honor in your life? you got to release the pride out of your life. C.S. Lewis says it this way. A proud man is always looking down on things and people. And of course, as long as you're looking down, you can't see something that's above you. It's a great phrase right there. And when you're at a place that's a midnight hour, don't let pride keep you. Well, I'm gonna, I am going gonna—I got myself into this. I'll get myself out of this. You can't get yourself out of a midnight hour. Only God can. So you go to him during that time. You lean on him and you ask big questions prayers. I had this moment the other day. I have an issue. I don't know what my issue is. I'm trying to get delivered from it. And I feel like I get delivered and I go back into it. And I'll just be honest with you guys. We might not ever see each other again, so it's okay. Just don't tell anybody else. But um, my big issue is I continually run out of gas in my car. I don't know why. I just have this issue. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the car issue. But uh, and continue. I, every year or two, I just find myself on the side of the road. If you're one of my friends, and especially in, in Tampa, they're always having to get those random phone calls and, hey, can you come pick me up on the side of the interstate? So my most recent one's in October. I'm with my family. We're on a family vacation about seven hours away in another part of Florida, and uh, we're driving back from the vacation. Just had a great time. and talking to my wife. We've got our kids. We're having a good time, and my siblings and all. We're all on this vacation, so as we're driving back, we're on the interstate in the middle of nowhere. And we're driving back, and the car starts to die on the middle of the interstate. And I turn to my wife, and I go, you'll never believe it. She's like, don't tell me you ran out again. And I go, yeah, I ran out again. So I pulled over. So I was like, what do I do? And I looked on Find My Friends. I don't know Find My Friends. And, and I looked on Find My Friends, and my brother-in-law and my sister were about five miles ahead of us in this on this interstate and I said I got to call them she's like you can't call them she's like they're the most organized people ever yeah. he he's a he's a fighter pilot a colonel in the air force they don't run out of gas. And so I, I called him and I was like, Doug, you won't believe it, but my car broke down. And he's like, your car broke down. Is everything okay? I said, everything's okay. He's like, is your car okay? What could have broken down? I go, well, well, <laughs> the issue was uh, not the car. The issue is the gas in the car. He's like, you've got to be kidding me. So I had, to, I had to ask him. I had to remove my pride and go, brother-in-law, please, please, Doug, go to the gas station and buy a, t- a container and go put gas in and bring it all the way over there. You, you have to get to a place in your midnight hour you're willing to ask for help. I feel like some of you are in that midnight hour today. You feel like it just doesn't get any better. You thought it would change when January 1st came and it hasn't changed. In your midnight hour, pray big prayers. Can I hear an amen today, church? Here's the second one. Look at this. Look what he says in verse five. He says, suppose you have a friend, you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. And a friend of mine was on a journey, has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. Now, you have to understand the Jewish culture at that time. Because if that was today, first of all, if a friend shows up in the middle of the night, I'm like, go get a hotel. But if he does stay at your house and he goes, well, where's your food? I'm going to be like, let's Uber Eats it right now. But in their culture today, it was the greatest honor to show hospitality to even to strangers. Even at random strangers that showed up at random times. Thank God it's not a part of our culture anymore. But during that time, he had a great need in his life because he did not have the bread there to take care of his friend. Here's the second point. Write it down. When your need is great, I pray big prayers. When the need is great, it's not just the midnight hours. There's gonna be moments where there's great need in your life. And we've all gone through them. We've all gone through it. We got the unexpected bill in the mail. We get the, the job change happens. The diagnosis happens. You've got an issue with your kids. The school calls. There's, there, the need's there. And some of y'all, your needs are so great right now. What do you do when you have a great need in your life? Our passage shows them the first thing he did in this passage on prayer is went to this, where the solution is. So my challenge for you is what do you do First. I want you to think of this. Look at this list line here. We got blank first. What do you do first when there's a need in your life? Some of you, you could fill in that blank with stress first. You stress out, you see the need, you see the bill, you see the diagnosis, you stress first. That's a normal one. Some of y'all, it's worry first. Some of y'all, fear grips you, and you fear first. Some of y'all, it's panic. And you panic and you're running with like a chicken with your head cut off trying to figure it out. Like, I'm going to solve this thing. Some of y'all, it's Google first. Come on, you ever had a diagnosis? You went to Google and you found out you were going to die in like 24 hours? Some of y'all you avoid first. Some of you, you scroll first. You medicate first. Here's my challenge for you. Let's change the whole culture. Here's how you do it. Ready? When there's a need in your life, I want to challenge you to pray first. Pray first. In every area of your life, when there's a need, you pray first. So my kids have a headache. Listen, I'm I'm all about giving them Tylenol. But before I give them Tylenol, we pray first as a family. Before we go on a trip, we get in the car, we pray first as a family. There's an issue that's going on in our marriage. We're going to go to counseling. We believe in counseling, but we're going to pray first as a couple. We're going to live our life in a pray-first way. We're going to give God the opportunity to do the miracle first, always in our life. Live a lifestyle where we pray first. Philippians 4 says it this way, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Oh, help me out today, church. Pray about what? everything in our life. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. We go to the Lord in prayer. As Christians, we should pray about everything. If you're stressed, pray about it. If you're worried, pray about it. If you're concerned, pray about it. If you're sick, Pray about it. If you're broke, pray about it. If you're angry, pray about it. If you're discouraged, pray about it. If you're overwhelmed, pray about it. If you're grateful, pray about it. If you're happy, pray about it. If you're blessed, pray about it. Doesn't matter what's going on in your life, you need to pray about it. Can I hear an amen today, church? We pray about it. And why do we pray about it? Here's why. Write it down this way. Because faith does not ignore the facts, but it does ignore the power of the facts. I want you to get that. When you pray about it, it's not ignoring the issue in your life. It's not, it's not putting your head in the sand and saying, uh, there's not really something that's going on. There's weird like, faith cultures out there today and they're like, you know, if they were this guy, they'd go, just believe you have bread and just act like you have bread. The guy didn't have any bread. And there's sometimes the need is real. The cancer diagnosis is real. It's not like, let's just avoid the cancer diagnosis. No, we understand the diagnosis is real, but I ignore the, the, the power that diagnosis has over my life because I believe the greater power is him that is, lives in me than him that lives in the world. I believe in my life that, you know what, if God's allowed this to come to me, then he'll allow it to go through me for something greater. And there's some kind of way he's going to let what is meant for bad turn for the good because I have faith that God's going to have the final say in whatever goes on in my life. So we live in such a way to say, I'm I'm going to live with the fact that I'm going to pray first. I'm going to honor God first. I'm going to have faith first. And then I'm going to see what God wants to do in my life. Faith gives us that opportunity to see past that problem, past the ability that the world has and into what God has for our life. Here's the last one, Number seven, verse seven. It says like this, and suppose the one on the inside says, don't bother me. Now, just hear this out. As we close this thing out, some of y'all, some of y'all think this is how God feels when you approach him in prayer. Don't bother me. I know what you did on Friday night. <laughs> and you think God is sitting there with the door closed the door's already locked. My children and I are in are Hey, me and the good kids that I take care of, we, we're, we're already handled. You need to deal with this yourself. Some We have a screwed up vision of who God is. And we think he's this guy behind a closed door. And he says, and I can't get up to give you anything. I'm not going to deal with your issue. But he says in this passage, he says, I tell you, even though he will not get up to give you the, the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will get up and give you everything you need. Here's your last one. Ready? And whoever's on keys, you can come on up. That'd be awesome. When God seems distant, I pray big prayers. I pray big prayers. I, I, I think the important phrase in this, this point here is the word seems distant. Because he's not distant to you during your dark moments, during your difficult moments. But it's during those moments he seems distant. He seems far away. It's during those times we lean into God. He seems like the door is closed. It seems like it's all lost. It's during those moments that we lean into God and we pray big prayers. This is why fasting is so important. When you combine prayer and fasting, I know Pastor already talked about it last week, but prayer, prayer connects you with God. Fasting disconnects you from the world. And the combination of the two is powerful. It, it supercharges your prayer life. And fasting, here's what it does. It disconnects me from the world and reconnects me with the reality of God in my life. I'll tell you this last week as, I, as I've gone through this, this season of prayer and fasting. It's so crazy how my mind has been opened up. I've been able to see God more clearly. I've been able to see God in the scriptures way more clearly than ever before. Because let me tell you, he might seem distant. He's not distant from your life. He's with you. He's near you. I've been in this, this crazy season. I think it's going to mark my next year where I'm just going to trust God for massive, big big things in my life. We were praying for miracles over my family. My son dealt with, with an issue for a while. And we started praying big prayers. we we, had, we we'd all done what everybody else does. We worried, we stressed, and then we finally, we went to the Lord in prayer. And as soon as we started praying big prayers, miracles started happening in our life. When you pray in a regular way, in a big way, for some reason, irregular, crazy, big answers always happen in your life. And my frustration, I think the greatest frustration you're ever gonna experience in life is when you get to heaven one day and you realize the prayers that went unanswered, simply because they went unasked in your life. So would you ask God for something big today? Would you believe God for something big today? He is a miracle working God. Even in our church that we started, uh, we're about nine years down the road from you guys, and and we, we started this church, and it was a tough situation, tough few years. And even, even over the last year, we were praying for, for God. We were, we were nine years. We didn't own a single building uh, in, in, in nine years. God, we were portable in all of our campuses. We had seven different campuses. It was crazy. We didn't have any buildings. And we started praying big prayers. God, this is going to be your year, August. We started praying and believing God. This is it. I started naming it. I started speaking it out loud. And within two months, two buildings were given to us as a church. It was a God thing, total miracle. And, and so I, I look back on it and go, I couldn't have put this together myself. Only God could have done it. I think over the next couple months, you're gonna look back and people are gonna go, how did you get that breakthrough? And you're gonna go, I can only pinpoint it back to the fact that I had the audacity to ask God for something big in my life. So we're gonna do something right now, 30 seconds. I want you to take that Connect card and I want 100% participation. I want you to take that Connect card. If you got one and I want you to write on there a need for, that you can bring to the Lord right now. You're going to ask for some. Maybe, maybe worship team, you all want to come up, that would, that would be awesome. Because we're going to have a moment. We're going to present these needs to the Lord. We're going to have a moment where we, we, we hit, hold these needs up. And some of you, I really felt that you stopped praying for the need because you were so frustrated that it didn't happen. Today's your day to have the audacity to ask God again. You go, I don't want to bother God. He's got a lot more stuff going on. There's a war in the U- in Ukraine and there's uh, storms happening all over and there's hurricanes and tornadoes. And let me tell you, God cares about your needs right now. So take that 20, 30 seconds, take that Connect card and let's write something big right there. Some of, Some of you, you're willing, even at home, I want you to write down a need right now before the Lord that you can bring to him, that you can present to him. That's something that you can say, God, this is what I'm going to trust you for today. This is what I'm going to believe you for today. And I want you to know, God will answer God will come through for you. He is able and he's willing to do it. Fifteen more seconds. Come on, write something big down. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, it's that diagnosis. Some of you, it's that pain. Some of you, it's, your, it's a promotion in your job. Some of you, it's a business that God wants you to start. Some of you, it's a friend that need to, needs to come to faith. Come on, write it on there. I really feel like there's somebody even that you're just praying for this year. This would be the year for you to get a child. Maybe it's been a struggle. Maybe it's been a thing. I want you to write it down on that, that card. If you already know what you're going to name that first kid, just write the kid's name on it. Let's believe God for something big. What if this time next year we were dedicating that baby because of the audacity to ask God right now? to Believe God for something big. When I write down something like that, I have to go through the levels of faith that I just want you to see this before we pray over your needs today. Um, when I look at that thing on my, that I write down on those prayer cards, I make a prayer list every month and write down needs before the Lord. And when I do that, I always get to the first prayer level of faith, which is I, pray, I believe that God and I trust that God can do what's on this list. Some of y'all, you, you just need to trust God. Can, does he have the power to do it? And you need, you need to trust in God's power. God has the power to do what is ever necessary on that list. He's an all powerful God. But then you gotta to go to a next step. I think there's a third step of faith, I mean a second step of faith. And the second step of faith is I trust that God will do what's on this list. He will do it. And I know that's, that's difficult. That's, that's the faith declaration where you speak it out. And God, I believe it's gonna happen in my life. I trust that it's gonna happen in my life. I've got a buddy of mine that I've been praying for. I've been bringing him to church. And I, I'm telling you, I, I've been praying his name out every day this, during this prayer and fasting. He will give his life to the Lord this year. He will have that moment that I baptize him this year. I'm believing God for it. And then there's that third step of faith. And I want you to get there. And the third step of faith is that I trust even if God doesn't do it in my life. Because let me tell you, I've had miracle after miracle after miracle when I had the audacity to ask. But I also have had those moments where I've prayed and nothing happened. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep believing God. I'm going to keep trusting. When that next need comes up, I'm not going to let the disappointment of the past keep me from the breakthrough that God wants in my future. Amen, church. Can we stand to our feet right now? Can we take a moment and can we present our request to the Lord right now? Just close your eyes all over this room. If you've got that prayer card in your hand right now, and I want you to do me a favor and I want you to hold it up to heaven right now. I want you to have a moment right now that you hold that need up to heaven right now. And let's believe God for that. I want to pray it over you guys right now. This is your moment to believe God, to say, God, today's the day. Lord, today as we walk into seven days of prayer and fasting, we present our needs to you. We come to you, Lord, with the audacity to ask for a breakthrough in this area. Lord, I pray. Lord, over those needs that are represented here today. I pray for miracles to break out. Lord, I pray for marriages to be restored. I pray for children to come back to the faith. I pray for jobs and promotions and bonuses. God, I pray for people that are dealing with their mental health, Lord, for that to be in alignment. I pray for people who are sick in their body to be healed. Lord, I pray right now for people who are desiring to get married, for that right marriage to come along. Lord, I pray for those people that want a child. Lord, give them a child this year. Lord, we pray for those needs that are represented on those cards right now. Nothing is too big for you, God. You are the God that can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask, think, or imagine, and we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we give them some praise in advance, church? Let's do it right now. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear about what God is doing in your life. To share your story or a prayer request, simply hit contact on our website. You can also support the ministry of Hope Culture Church by visiting hopeculturechurch.com give. We hope you have a great week.